0: We're going to be in Genesis 13 and 19, but we're going to be covering some other scriptures as well. Last week I told you that we were going to be doing something that was going to be in contrast to Abraham. And we read where Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew... And they went out looking for a place. They went out looking for a city whose foundation, whose builder is God. And they're out sojourning in the earth. So today's message is about Lot. And Lot is, a, is an example. Today, today, the title of today's message is Lot Saved soul lost life. A saved soul a lost life. You may have heard the term uh, backslider. You ever heard that term in church? You know, someone starts to fall away and they uh, just seem to be going off and doing their own thing and not wanting to be part of church anymore and we may call them a backslider. And what we mean by that, I don't think it's in the the New Testament at all, but if you look at uh, the word backslider, I found it in Proverbs. Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. So there's a contrast. If you go to Proverbs, and there's all kinds of chapters through there, uh, probably starting around chapter 10, where you're going to see, and it goes all the way through 16 at least, maybe even further, and you, you will see in Proverbs a verse, and it'll have negative and positive. Negative, positive. And it's a contrast. If you choose this, bad. If you choose this, good. And you see the uh, contrast between righteousness and uh, the opposite of righteousness. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, h- here's some more verses out of Proverbs. This is 13.13. 13. Whoso the despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Proverbs 10, 29. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Eleven seventeen, These are all out of Proverbs. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. 16.25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And all of that, all of those verses can be tied to the story of Lot. Jesus said in Luke 17, in verse 32 and 33, he said, in 32, this would be a good memory verse. If anybody challenges you for a memory verse, you might want to pick this one because it's only three words. He says, remember Lot's wife. Just remember Lot's wife. So if you're just reading the Bible, if you've never read the Bible and somebody gave you a Bible and they said, oh, here's a good verse for you, and they gave you 1732, and they said, they went and read it and said, remember Lot's wife. The next verse, 33, says, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Poor new Christian reading their Bible. If that's all they know. So if you go back and look at that story, Jesus is basically talking about his second coming and how if you're on the housetop, don't go down and get your stuff, just get off the house and flee. Now they would normally would stay in Jerusalem when you would think that would be the safe place. But if you think about what happened in 70 AD when all the Romans came in to besiege the city, if you stayed in the safe place, you were going to die. But if you fled out into the wilderness, which looked like death, you would live. And only those people who fled and got out of there are the ones who lived. But everybody who stayed in the safe place, they all died. They either starved to death, killed by their own people, or tried to make a break for it and died, running away from the city. Now that was in AD 70, when Jerusalem was destroyed. But Jesus was actually talking about when he comes back. And he says, remember Lot's wife. Jesus is coming again. Just like Abraham was told by the Lord himself, I think, who came to meet with him when Abraham was sitting in the tent, sitting in the doorway of his tent in the heat of the day, and three men came walking up, and he runs out to them, and told them to stay, to, uh, we'll fetch some water, we'll wash your feet, and you sit under this big shade tree, and we're going to get you something to eat, and something to drink, and they all hung out, and he went and did all of that. The hospitality was amazing, and then the two went on, and they were on their way to Sodom, and the one stayed back, and it ended up being the Lord God Almighty, and he and Abraham and him got into a little discussion on, God, would you destroy the whole city if you could find so many righteous? And God's like, oh, I won't destroy the city if there's 50 righteous. And they got all the way down to around 10. They just kept, he just kept bartering t- with him, And he kept reducing the number and reducing the number. And as we know, There was not ten righteous souls there. And Sodom and Gomorrah was reduced to ashes. Well, who lived in Sodom? Lot did. Why would he live there? And remember Lot's wife. She lived there as well. She was on her way out. Looked like she was saved with her husband and her two young daughters but she was connected to that worldly system so much that she turned and looked back and was turned to a pillar of salt. So in 13, let's start reading in uh, 13. This is Genesis 13. We've covered chapter 12 really well, talking about Abraham. Genesis 13, and Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him, into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, and silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Notice this. Pay attention to this. This is a, see, notice the difference, the contrast between Abraham and Lot. Abraham built altars, and Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Do you, as I read this, do you ever see anywhere where Lot made an altar to the Lord? Do you see where Lot Called upon the name of the, of the Lord. Now, we if, as you read all of this story of Lot, and if all you had was this in Genesis, by the time you get done reading about Lot, you would say this person was not a saved person. This person went to hell for sure. You would. That's what you 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 might say that he, when he was with Abraham, maybe he maybe he was a believer, but he. It was like a person who just professes of a belief in God, but really doesn't have it. That's, that's the conclusion that you would come up with by reading this story. But look at, uh, you don't have to turn here if you don't want to. I've got it marked, so I can turn right there. It's a second Peter. Oh, by the way, you know, when I, when, and in Luke uh, 17, 32, if you back up from there, You'll see where Jesus is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah being reduced to ashes. You, know, it, it, you can read a little bit about it there. Jesus Himself, the words in red, and, and he's talking about, He's talking about the days of Noah, and then he talks about the days of Sodom and Gomorrah being wiped out. And then he says, "Remember Lot's wife." Now here's 2 Peter chapter two, verses six through eight. 2 Peter, chapter two, if you're make, taking notes, Verses 6 through 8. And in turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot. Now is that saying he was just? That he was justified? Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now remember, the word conversation means actions. In the King James Bible. So the filthy actions of the wicked. Verse 8, For that righteous man, talking about Lot, dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul. The Bible says that he had a righteous soul. That's why the title is Saved Soul, Lost Life. His righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't know that Lot was actually considered a righteous person. God calling those things which be not as though they were. Back to Genesis 13, verse 5. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So he had all kinds of things too. Abraham was a very wealthy man, so Lot was a very wealthy man. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And, and notice, notice how this is worded, and then they, th- they throw in, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. Why does that matter? Who cares about those guys? Well, that would be like me saying, look at all those sinners running around out there. Who cares about them? We're supposed to care about them. And Abraham, Abram right here, notices that we are men of God. Pay pay very close attention to what I'm saying. Abraham noticed that they were they were quarreling with each other, Lot and Abraham, not necessarily them to them them, but their herdsmen were fighting, and there were Canaanites and Perizzites living in the land at that time. And why does that matter? And why is it why does it matter that two godly men cannot get along? We're supposed to be an example to the world, those people who are lost. And if we can't get along together as Christians, the world is watching. And they, want, and, and they love it when we can't get along. And they say, see there, that's why I don't go to church. They can't even get along. That church over there can't stand this church over here. And they fight over things. You know, that happens in households when moms and dads fight about things and can't agree on things, and the little kids pick up on it. And you don't understand what you're doing. You're destroying what God wants for kids and those people who are in the world. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. I think that's the first time brethren is used up to this point. Is not the whole land before thee? He's asking Lot. Look, look out here. But we know, all of us should know that all that land was Abraham's land. None of it was Lot's. God promised all that land to Abraham and to his seed. But Abraham, even knowing that it's all his, he's not saying to Lot, hey, it's all mine. You, you go out over there. You get out of here. Now, he said, and we should, we should have this same kind of spirit about us. Those who don't deserve. Those who we look at and say, they don't deserve the goodness of God. Look how mean they are. We're to say, look, God gave me all these blessings. I'm special. Do we want them to share in those blessings as well? And Abraham is telling Lot, Look, he didn't mention that it was all his. He just said, look, you pick what you want, I'll take what's left over. And Lot, look at what Lot does. Where are we at? So he said, uh, Is not all the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then, then I will go to the right, And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. Now that is, so so there has been a dispute, and then there has been a discussion. Abraham's the one who who brought it up, the, the dispute, and he said, let's have a discussion. And now they're having the discussion. And now it's left into Lot's hands to make a decision. The dispute, the discussion, and now the decision. And Lot is going to make a decision. And he, he has, you know how religious people can make decisions and turn it into a godly or it's more of a religious Excuse. Why they're going to do what they do? How you can't argue with it. They they throw in some religious thing because they're religious people. Lot was was just being a religious hypocrite, basically. And he said, and he's looking at it and he said, Well, this is like the garden of God. But what did he really, what was his real reasoning? So he gave a religious reason, but what is his real reason? Let's keep reading even as the, as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Why did he throw that in there? Egypt signifies the world. When you see Egypt in the Bible, it represents the world and the world's ways. And that's what he really liked. He had his heart set on worldly things. He loved all the cattle that he had. And he saw the well-watered land, he said, now I'm going to get even richer, because I'm picking the best. Instead of saying, well, Abraham, you take at least half of all this good land, and I'll take the other, he's like, no, I want all of this. And Abraham's like, yep, go for it, you can have it. Like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar... Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Bad decision. Why would you separate yourself from Abraham? Bad decision. Remember the sermon on uh, uh, homecoming? And and Elijah told Elisha, you stay here, I'm going there. And Elisha's like, if you're going there, I'm going with you. And it happened over and over again. Every time Elisha said, oh, oh, no, if you're going there, I'm going with you. But Lot separates himself from the man of God. 12. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And pit, notice, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. So, first, Lot, the first, first step in Lot's uh, decision that was so wrong was he looked toward Sodom. Now he is pitching his tent toward Sodom. And one day, he's actually going to dwell in Sodom. And then there's going to come a time when Lot is not only dwelling in Sodom, but you'll see where he's sitting at the city gate of Sodom. What does that mean? If he was sitting in the gate, that was their like uh, government building, their courthouse. He was a man who was lifted up to a high government official. That's what he ended up being, and why? Why would they pick him? My guess is because in chapter 14, Lot and all the people of Sodom were carried away in captivity. Remember that? We went over that not too long ago. Lot and all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and a couple other cities were all defeated by the kings of the east, and they were rounded up, and they were being led away. Abraham finds out about it. He gathers up his army, and he goes out, very few men. And they went out after thousands and destroyed them, just whipped them, and took all the people back, and all the stuff that got taken, and took it all back, and the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, they wanted to bless Abraham for taking, you keep all of the stuff, just give us our people back, and Abraham, what did he say? Did he go, oh yeah, yeah, I want all this stuff. What did he do? He gave a tenth to Melchizedek. Abraham, in in that whole situation, when he gets back, he meets up and has fellowship with Melchizedek, the king of Salem, this person who had no father, no mother. He had, he's like, who is this guy? He's a, he's a priest. Way before there was ever any priest, Abraham sat down with him, had fellowship with him, tithe to him and had bread and wine, had communion with him. Where's Lot? Lot was in chains. Because of Lot's choice, he ended up being in chains, him and his family being led away. And now he's been freed from the chains of bondage, and Abraham is having communion with Melchizedek. Where's Lot? Lot. Where is he? He's never built an altar to the Lord. He's never called on the name of the Lord. And now he's not sitting with Melchizedek. He's not having communion. He's not, he's not wanting to tithe to the, the priest. So why, is, why would Lot not take this opportunity to turn? You would think he would have learned his lesson by now. All right, let's go back to uh, 13. 13. Notice this is uh, chapter 13, verse 13. Just happens to be 13, 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. There he goes again. See, Lot, Lot was, uh, he was, lacking, he was lacking in devotion. He was, he was weak in his devotions. He had no spiritual priorities, no spiritual perspective. On anything in life it was all worldly he was interested in the in the worldly things you know we all have a decision Uh, first the first decision that's really important is heaven or hell and most people if they are in their right mind they would want heaven right nobody would pick hell and that's why we're so blown away by there's so many people running around the world that won't make that decision. But for those of us who have made that decision, I pick heaven over hell. And How do you get that? That's the gospel story. We've gone over it many, many times. But after that decision, then you have heavenly ways and worldly ways. As a born-again child of God... That's your next decision. Are you going to be like Abraham, or are you going to be like Lot? Because as a saved soul, you can desire the things of the world more than the things of God. You can. And if you follow that, if you get consumed with the things of this world, what what does uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, say. Listen closely. You don't have to turn there, but this is 1 John, chapter 2, 15, 16, and 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes... And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if you love this world, the love of the Father is not in you. So Lot looked toward Sodom. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. He ended up taking his family and dwelling in Sodom. So, back to why I think he was given that place of authority. When the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah tried to convince Abraham, they wanted to buy him. They wanted to take all this stuff. We want you on our side. Abraham wanted nothing to do with them. So, they go to Lot. It's just, just, I, can't, I can't show you in the Bible how this is, this is how it played out. This is what I think happened. Lot, your uncle was awesome. He is such a warrior. He won't have anything to do with us. But how about we offer you a really high-paying government job? You can sit in the city gate and be a ruler, be somebody special. Evidently, he took it. You know, there was all kinds of things going on in Sodom. There was alternative lifestyles. And there was probably laws passed to where you had to accept these alternative lifestyles. And and Lot, sitting in the city gate and being one of the upper people in government, would have had to protect those people by the laws of that city. So as you see the story go on, you see the downward trend of Lot. The downward course of a man who once made a decision for God, we know he did, and had his name written in life's eternal book, yet failed to make his calling and election sure in in a godly lifestyle. By the way, that is uh, 2 Peter one ten, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. And most everybody knows uh, Philippians two twelve, where it talks about work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now let's turn to nineteen, Genesis nineteen. This is right after the story I just told you a little while ago about those three angels showing up at Abraham's tent. Now two of those men, which turned out to be angels, go to Sodom. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, or even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. There we go. Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. That means he is an official, a government official. And Lot, seeing them, rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, see, he's got a little bit of... Uh, uh, his upbringing with Abraham in him. He sees the two people come in, and why, his, why is he so adamant about going after them and meeting them and wanting to, to, he's wanting to warn them? He's wanting to protect these two guys because he knows that these two men cannot walk through the city of Sodom safely. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your way. You need to get into my house, and you're going you're to stay in my house, and then early in the morning you're going to get up, and you're going to get on out of here really quick-like. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And was like, No, you are not. You cannot do that. Get into my house. Now these angels, they know what was going on there. They just came to make sure. You know what? Uh, they're not, these people aren't guilty and be, have to prove they're innocent. You know, they're innocent until proven guilty. And these angels have come down there. The accusations have been made. And they have come down, made a trip to earth, and they're going to walk through Sodom and to find out for absolutely sure that it is as bad as the reports are in heaven, so that the fire and brimstone that is up there just ready to fall is justified. And he pressed them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. The men of the city, old men, young men, all the men, they want those two men to come out so they can have sex with them. That's what it says right here in my Bible. And Lot knew that this was going to happen, and he was trying to hide them in his house. Lot is so messed up in his mind that he offers his two virgin daughters to these men because of his pride of protecting people who have come in under his roof. The angels strike the men blind, and they're still trying to get to them. And then the angels tell Lot, you need to go out into the city as fast as you can because the judgment is coming down, and you need to find any of your loved ones, any of your sons, your daughters, any, any of your family, and tell them to get out right now. And Lot took off. And he was running around the city, and he, would go, he, he obviously had other daughters that were married to men of Sodom, and he, and he ran and knocked on their doors and said, you got to get out of here. I, two angels have come to visit me, and God is going to destroy this place. And they just laughed at him. You know what? When you are a believer and then you are a backslider and you fall away and you do not hold to the principles of your faith, then when something is really about to happen, when you really need to minister someone who is about to die and go to hell forever, your words won't mean much to them. Because you did not live the example of a Christian and they'll just laugh at you. We need to learn the lessons that Lot is teaching us. This story of Lot is here for us and all Christians who were before us and those who come after us as a warning. And we need to be a people who take this warning and don't be like Lot, but be like Abraham. Because none of Lot's children willingly left that city. The two young virgin daughters were grabbed by the angels and drug out of the city. Angels were able to take the two young girls out of Sodom, but they were not able to get Sodom out of the girls. The girls were taken out of Sodom, but Sodom was not taken out of the girls. Lot's wife was heartbroken to leave that worldly way. There was a target back there. There was a Starbucks back there. I don't want to leave it. And I'm, I'm, I'm using those because I'm mad at both of those places. They're very woke, and they're very ungodly, and I don't like them, so I'll use them in a sermon when I'm talking about Lot and remember Lot's wife. But her heart was with, was with those things, those way, that way of life. She didn't want to leave it, and she turned and she looked back, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. Remember Lot's wife. They leave. It's Lot and his two young daughters, are the only ones who had, had, had left there, that made it out alive. All the rest of them were, were wiped out. Not only all of Sodom, but all of Gomorrah and, some, and other cities were wiped out as well. And if I was to keep reading, it would get even more disgusting. And that's where the Moabites... And the Ammonites came from because Lot was messed up in his head by the actions of that ungodly city and living there for so long. And his daughters were corrupted by that city. You know, we, we struggle, and I feel horrible about things in my life and people that i know and how they've done things in their life the decisions they made it it hurts families it destroys young people you know our school systems have been so corrupted for so long that all you take all the kids that maybe grew up in church and you and you send them to public school i want to say 90 to 95 percent by the time they come out of the public school system have been indoctrinated in their minds where they will reject everything they've ever learned in church. And then we think, well, not our kids, and we lose them. And then if they happen to make it through high school, we send them to a progressive university because we just want what's best for our kids. We want them to have a good life here on this earth. We want them to have better than what we had, and we send them off to a college that really destroys them, and we lose them there. We do the same things that Lot has done. You know, I commend uh, the Harris family for getting their kid out of the public school system and putting them into a better situation. Thank you for doing that. A lot of us. Are kind of stuck we we can't you know financially get our kids to where we want to get them but uh, you know it hurts me that we weren't successful at homeschooling you know we just we tried we tried for years it just didn't work for us and I hate that it didn't that it didn't work because I just feel like we put our kids in very dangerous situations and our our schools here They might be better than a lot of others around the country, but they're still bad. They're still bad. So, we don't want our children to have the viewpoint of Sodom, and we don't want them to have the vices of Sodom. We want them to be like Abraham, building altars to the Lord and calling on the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Father, we ask for your help in your direction as we make decisions in this life we live here in this world. And Father, we just want to be people who will know your word, read your word, and see these stories like the story of Lot and be warned. Father, that it would help us to make better decisions in our life that we will be be a people who will be on our knees praying for our children, protecting them from the ways of the world. Father, as we go out from here today, I pray that we will just we we will be better able to, to live a godly life like our father Abraham. Thank you, Lord.